<laughs> okay. So you really want to know, huh? Fine. I'm going to start by telling you this. And this is important, so listen up. Your entire life, this one and many others, you've been a god who uses its absolute power to make yourself powerless. Entire cultures, especially this one, have all been afraid of their weaknesses, supposedly. When in reality, they've all been afraid of their power. This goes beyond the matrix of reality. This is something much deeper than that. This is eternal. This is fully realizing your consciousness. This is infinite. This is evolution. This is our divine right. All right. Welcome to the podcast. I have Lindsay Zimmerman on today. Really excited to be sharing and doing this live. I'm hoping that this is going to turn out right. I'm like monitoring it over here on the left. Before we get going, I do want to take a quick shout out to thank uh, the friends at Content Safe. Content Safe is a company that distributes content, and that's what they do. They keep it safe. And uh, hey, you know, the meaning and the message, it's brief, and uh, they're great. They're great folks. I really appreciate them. So if you uh, ever woke up to this, they got your back. Um, they can help you out, uh, check out their website, what their customers are saying, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're a content creator or if you know a content creator uh, who is uh, in danger of being censored, then these are your friends. They're going to help you. They really do uh, have a big heart for helping people in the space. So um, we are live and I'm really, really excited. I got a couple things going on. We just set up a calendar that's public. Uh, you can get on that and see when the events are that are going on for hashtag get coached. And uh, I'm going to be on clubhouse tomorrow, uh, 11 AM. We do that every week. Um, that's 10 AM Abbey time. Uh, we have a, a really cool lineup. I change it up every week and that's something that we're continuing to grow. Facebook group, me, we group. If you're not on Facebook and, uh, I'm really excited to be doing this podcast live. And for the first one to have my good friend, uh, someone that I, have worked really hard with and gotten to know very well over the past couple of years now. And uh, we've really, um, I don't know, really just enjoyed getting to know each other. It's been an amazing process. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I have to tell you, your um, intro is one of my favorite intros of all time. So it's the perfect message to start off every podcast. Well, I got to give it up for Oscar. My friend Oscar Sanchez made that. And so he's on Twitter uh, at Our World Change. And I actually met him through Autonomy. And he was like, hey, man, can I share with you some music? I'm going to send you over a track. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he sent me that track. And I was like, this is amazing. Can I please use it? And he was like, sure, I'd love that. Because we talked about, you know, channeling and like all these other like weird things, but also, you know, have a uh, similar grip on reality when it comes to like practicality and individual sovereignty and rights and those types of things, which seems to be a bit of a niche at this point. And uh, that's something that, um, you know, I think we also have in common. Um, do you want to go ahead and maybe just talk a little bit about your podcast and what you've been doing with it? Yeah. Um, 
it's better than podcasts and we're all over the place. We just, um, in the last few months started uploading to YouTube. I was resistant about that because doing video podcasts is entirely different than doing, um, audio only. Um, but after my editor, finally beautiful Lauren, he said, what are you doing? You need to go where the people are and the people are on YouTube. So, um, so we're there now and it's been, a journey. And um, actually, I just want to uh, point out that that podcast probably would not be what it is if it were not for the fact that you helped me get it started. Um, If you guys don't know, uh, Bootsy was my first guest on my podcast. And we talked about, I mean, basically everything, conspiracy theories and the economy and, and it was all right before the pandemic hit. And that was my first episode. It came out on um, January 1st, 2020. And since then, you know, things have gone a little sideways and that's fine because I had the podcast to keep me sane. I've had, I've been able to talk to so many amazing people that really made me feel like I'm not the only one who's trying to change things. So I've had like Derek Rose from Freedom Cells, Conscious Resistance, Viva La Conscious Resistance. And I mean, just all of these people who are really working to try to just help lift everyone else up. It's been amazing. And like I said, I might've lost my mind in 2020 if it wasn't for that podcast, you know? And it's helped keep me on course with what my goals and my ambitions are um, and supported me, you know, not monetarily, you know, how people make money with a podcast is beyond me, but but supported me, um, you know, these, all of these guests have just given me so much love and um, perspective that it's, I can't imagine what I would be doing without it. It's been amazing. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You've had some amazing guests, you know, like John Bush on there, you know, like you said, Derek bros, like people that I really admire their work. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting as we are kind of going through all of this, you know, we talk about changing the world and, all these types of things. And we have to really start with ourselves. Of course, we know that. Um, and there's really no way to like stop the machine that's sort of, you know, <laughs> in fifth gear at this point. Um, so, you know, I, I love the idea of solutions and really doing all the, these little tiny, tiny things that begin to add up building community. Those are really the things that I know that can help, right? Like I love Matt Raymer. You also had on your podcast, amazing guy. And uh, when he came in, he talked to us about crypto. He was saying that it's a tool, not a solution. It's like, everyone's looking for this, like one solution, like, oh, if we just all do this one thing, it's the same in, in, in self-help, you know, or spirituality or whatever. It's like, oh, well, I got to meditate. If I just meditate, or if I just do yoga, or if I just do the it's like, no, dude, it's, it's not that it's like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And every little bit that we can do can help. Uh, you also talked to Jason Crow, Crowetic, right? From Cordal. Yeah. He hasn't been on the podcast yet, okay. but that's a goal. Cause I really want to help promote his project. Cordal is, um, you know, if you're, if you guys are into crypto or blockchain, you know, that like all these companies are coming out with their, like the third generation. And um, Jason's project, the Cordal project is beyond that. It's beyond what these, he's looked into the future and saw what the future of blockchain is and what it could be. 
And that's all they've been developing since, you know, his, and I feel like the reason that I want to promote him so much is that his ethics are really on point. Um, to me, I see, I see like moving forward, um, there's going to be a huge shift in how, um, companies and um, things that deal in the public sector are going to have to reevaluate their ethics. And Jason is on point. He's on point. Yeah, I really like it a lot too. I've got Cordal running. It was minting. It's been a learning experience for anybody out there who gets involved. Please be patient because you know what they're doing is uh, really amazing. And there's a lot of people jumping on board and, um, and, and becoming part of that. Um, but you know, it's, it's always a work in progress and they've had some attacks of course. And then, you know, I, I was trying to help somebody yesterday and it all, <laughs> and all the like irony and, and hilariousness that is my life. I like started, you know, trying to help someone troubleshoot on my own computer and then just completely just, destroyed my minting uh <laughs> process and now i can't get my computer to mint but at least i'm not on a fork you know and for those of you who don't know anything about um you know the blockchain or crypto which i was completely new to until really a few weeks ago uh what that means is like basically all these computers are talking to one another and they're holding shares of data and it's kind of like another internet in a way and <clears throat> what can sometimes happen is certain computers are like in a cluster and they begin to make their own little mini internet off to the side and so there's been some of those things that happen and uh, as they continue they're really really talented developers and but as they continue to sort of troubleshoot and problem solve it's going to get easier and easier but I do recommend uh, checking into it. It's Q-O-R-T-A-L.org. Uh, and uh, Lee, our, one of our friends who's part of our community, he's going to be starting a, like a weekly sort of update podcast with Jason, if I'm not mistaken, uh, pretty soon. So that should be fun and exciting. Uh, That's amazing. I didn't know that they were working on that. Um, I want to point out too that um, DeFi Darby on Odyssey she is committed to helping people understand this stuff and how to get started. So if you don't even know where to begin, but you know that you want to, um, you got to get a hold of Darby. She will walk you through it. She's committed to helping helping everyone have some financial independence. And part of understanding block or part of that is understanding blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So. Give her a shout out also. Darby's amazing. Actually, yeah, I was definitely going to shout her out because last night she and I were on the phone for two and a half hours as she helped me set up my wallets. And, you know, it's it's a lot to it. But, you know, she's really taken a passion onto it for financial independence specifically. That's what she really wants to help people with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, you know, you got to be patient with yourself. It's a new thing to learn. Like I said, I'm not that tech savvy. Um, Luckily, zooming on YouTube is pretty easy. You know, I'm amazed that this is working. So I see you guys all out there. Hi, Karen. Hi, Jess. Hi, Dylan. Thank you guys so much for popping by. Um, Investing in blockchain incentives is a question in the chat. And I mean, I personally think so. I'm not an investment guru uh, of any sort, but I think that it's, it's worthwhile, um, especially since inflation is going to continue. Um, the value of the dollar is going to, for sure. I mean, it's just math. That's just mm-hmm. math. Like the value of the dollar is going to go down. No fiat currency has ever not hit zero at some point. And I'm not saying that's coming soon or anything, but you know, it's being devalued and has been for the life of the currency ever since we went off the gold standard. Um, and so we've been fortunate to have as much value in our currency as we have over the past, you know, couple, few decades, whatever. Um, 
because of the uh, petrodollar, right? Because we've been uh, forcing countries to buy oil with the U.S. dollar. So, you know, just a quick, brief history lesson there. Um, and as we go forward, you know, things might change. There's talks about changing currencies and all these types of things. I don't know what the future holds. I'm not a prophet or anything like that. But I do think that it's smart to see, look ahead. I mean, look at all the people who have just gotten mega, mega rich off of crypto. And, you know, like my uncle, my dad, you know, my uncle's like, well, you told us about Bitcoin. You got it. And he talks just like Foghorn Leghorn, bless his heart. But he's like, you know, you got any hot tips, you know? And I'm like, maybe, you know, I might. Uh, I really do like Ethereum right now in the, in, in the next year. I think that its value will increase, uh, you know, again, not financial <laughs> advice, but I would, uh, I would expect to see a lot of these cryptos go up, especially the more established ones. And I do expect if, if even like the value of the crypto itself isn't rising, the value of the dollar is definitely going to go down. But yes, Darby's amazing. Like she is awesome. Could not recommend her enough. She was so patient with me last night and helping me. She, you know, she was telling me about the different wallets and which ones for which kind of currency. And if you're going to invest, you want to use this wallet. And if you want to trade, you want to use this wallet. And this one can go on your phone. And you're, I mean, there's so much to all this stuff. And she can really distill it down to its simplicity and really walk you through. So I definitely recommend working with her if you're trying to set up a crypto um, sort of then uh, account invest yeah yeah and it's amazing that lee is um gonna be doing that with jason because you guys just by listening into these conversations you're gonna have a better grasp you know of of what this is like if you're somebody who's totally new to crypto or the blockchain um it took me i would say and i've been i've been wholeheartedly in support of any blockchain with ethics um for about probably four years now, but it took me a good year to really understand, to understand exactly what it meant. Um, and if, if you guys go to my YouTube channel, um, I gave a, a couple of years ago, I gave a whole talk series. And in that we talk about the blockchain and what crypto means and how this is a, a not just an alternative in the U.S. sense, but how um, like refugee camps in um, the Middle East and Syria and, and places like that are actually using their own version of uh, crypto basically as vouchers so that because they can't live in these camps without getting robbed. You know, they give them paper vouchers for food and, and supplies and things like that. But if you're walking down the street and somebody robs you, you've lost everything. Mm -hmm. And so um, they've taken it upon themselves to build their own network where they have a trustless system that cannot be manipulated. Um, and I think that we could really, in the, in the Western world, we could take a lesson from those people who really are, um, they're using any means necessary right now to be able to support themselves. Um, and I think that it would behoove Americans to start thinking that way. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a, uh literacy as far as independence and sovereignty goes imagine that i that's supposedly what we're known for here but uh it would kind of uh i don't know it surprises me when i go out and about although although i've seen other people um as well just kind of you know starting to do their own thing and the appeal of 
understanding um, your own power, right? And so like back to the song, um, Oscar mm-hmm. <laughs> rushed it. Yeah, it really, it, and it really is about that. You know, like I, I talk so much about hope and the fact that there are limitless possibilities. You know, we don't always see the evidence of that, but if in, in the moment, but if we look into the past, we sure can. I mean, mm-hmm. the internet wasn't a thing. Telephones weren't a thing, you know, uh, combustion wasn't a thing until it all of a sudden was. And those inventions were not because somebody was so smart that they read a bunch of books. Those inventions came from someone who was tapping into to, to true power. Right. And so on clubhouse, what we talk about on Saturdays is, is, is making meta power work for you. The idea that, you know, power versus force, you know, understanding David Hawkins model a little bit, that force is really the way that weak people attempt to control their reality. And power is the way that people from a more of an abundance place, a trusting place can be uplifted by the spirit of reality uh, in a way to help them accomplish their goals with less effort without, you know, trying to force people to do anything or hurt anyone or manipulate anyone Mm -hmm. to tap into that. I was like crying this morning, which is pretty much a daily thing for me. And when I say crying, I don't mean like complaining or whining. Ugly sobs. Yeah, it's usually joy. You know, it's, it's a sense of like connection and um, you know, what we've worked on a lot is, is purpose and defining purpose. But one of the, my favorite books of all time ever is uh, Emerson's self-reliance and it's such a good book. And there's just chock full of amazing quotes. And I just ran across something on Instagram this morning and, um, and it reminded me of some of the quotes in that book. And I just like started looking up some of those quotes and just crying and crying uh, you know, in a, like, I wasn't sobbing, I guess I shouldn't, you know, I can, I can, I tend to be hyperbolic like the rest of the new age movement and senses, but you know, I was just, you know, I felt, uh, uplifted. I felt that connection, you know, and that was a man who understood purpose, uh, and understood genius and how discovery works. You know, he said in that book, uh, if my genius calls me, I would write on the doorpost whim, And it took me a while to understand that. But what he's saying is even if his intuition sparked him to do something, even if it seemed silly or ridiculous, he's still going to do it. And even if it didn't, you know, wasn't that fruitful this time, he's going to do it again and again and again and again until, you know, ultimately that, you know, um, it it, it works out and it will. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. we've had Sunil Godsey come and speak with us about intuition regarding purpose. Everyone who's come, to speak to the group has been amazing and they've really done a great job of correlating it back to the, the really the main anchor, the really the main point of existence, which is purpose. Yeah. And, and I, one of the things that gets me about self-reliance is, um, you know, and, and what I love about your course too, is like you, you begin your course with the idea of what is reality, like understanding exactly what reality is. And I think that as human beings, like once we do that, we actually cry a lot more because we're so grateful, you know, like if you understand that, you know, you are creating your reality along with everyone else. Everyone else is creating their own reality. And our, those, our own little thought bubbles get to bump up against each other. Um, 
and you get to experience all of the different creations that everyone else is contributing at the same time, you get like a sense of exactly how powerful human beings are. Like he says in your intro, you know, like you are powerful beyond what you can imagine. Um, and when I, when I come across quotes, like what you're talking about, I get misty eyed too, because I feel like to me, that's, um, you know, the creator or the universe or source or whatever you like to call it, giving you a reminder, you know, to not forget how powerful you are. And we all need those reminders because we kind of tend to um, get sucked into um, other people's realities or whatever it is that, that gets us distracted, gets us off our path, um, starts us on, you know, drifting. Um, and then, and then, you know, right after that, you take the whole group through finding your purpose because that's kind of the whole point, isn't it? Like you're not here for no reason, right. you know? So I'm right, I'm right there with you. Like I get misty eyed all the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a huge gift to be able to be a part of uh, the creation of reality. It's amazing. It, it's a ton of freedom and it's a ton of responsibility at the same time. And here we are like, once again, sucker for paradoxes, but it is, it is that, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing that what we focus on and what we give our attention and action to flourishes in the world. And so, you know, there's one quote from this mother's song um, that I love so much. Uh, it's like, um, <clears throat> like what I have is small, but at least I can't admit it or something like that. And so like, that is truly each one of us, we have, we each overall have a small impact, but again, back to the, like doing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, the more people who take initiative and make a change with the small impact that they have, like the better the world, the better reality gets. And that's us choosing. We're choosing that. That's our choice. And so that's from a place of freedom. Cause we could just lay on the couch and watch Netflix or, you know, just give up or be passive, but instead we're taking initiative and moving forward and taking responsibility. And the more that that cycle continues, the more feedback loop, the more powerful it gets in that connection, it just grows. And then, you know, before you know it, you're crying on your own podcast on YouTube live on a Zoom call with Lindsay Zimmerman, you know, so you got to be careful. You do. You got to be careful. But also like maybe we don't need to have resistance to those moments. You know, those moments are um, what reinforces our purpose. You know, that those moments of being grateful or being overwhelmed maybe by um, the power of, of it all, the power of ourselves, the power of others. You know, that's that's a, a wonderful reason to cry on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of reasons to cry on a podcast. Publicity, uh, you know, marketing strategy. Uh, Dylan says in the chat, he says that it's not the size; it's how you use it. Referring to that mother's quote, my dad used to say something that was along the lines of that. It was, uh, it's not how big your pencil is; it's how you sign your name. Um, oh. yeah, that was very funny. Which you know, I don't mean to like you know, make a, make an errant comment, but I always, you know, in 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 respect to even just talking about like seriously engaging with the world that's very true you know like whatever it is that we have we have the cards that we're dealt you know the point being right you have the hand that you're dealt and there's I no change i was gonna there. say ludicrous the ludicrous song it, it doesn't matter the cards you're dealt it's how you play them 
That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, and so maybe that's a good time to talk a little bit about what you've been doing with, with tarot. You've got firm hand tarot and I believe I have that link in the, I've got links in the, I try to put links in the, in the bottom of the, I'm going to actually check really quick and see. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I do. Yeah. It, it worked out. Right. Um, I've got links to stuff, um, and firm hand tarot cards, right? Did yeah, I get that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then I've got, uh, Lindsay's YouTube channel in there and your website, as well as Oscar, uh, Oscar's, uh, Twitter handle there. He's on Twitter. So give him a follow over there. <clears throat> awesome. You guys, if you go to the website, if you go to better than dot world, that is a work in progress. I have no idea what I'm doing there. And I'm just basically playing around on that website for now to learn how to do stuff. <laughs> um, but so take that whole website with a grain of salt, but yeah, um, firmhandtarot.cards, that's where you can book a tarot session with me. Um, and I, you guys, I'm not like a regular tarot card reader. Cause I mean, I've had tarot decks for a long time and I've been interested in them. Um, but all the readings that I've had up until this last year, actually, they were all like very woo woo, like very, you know, like, Oh, what was that video you posted? You're, you know, Oh, you have to deal with your ancestral bloodlines and, you know, and I'm just like, I can't, I cannot do this, you know? And then, um, last fall I got, actually it was a tarot card or a tarot set sent to me, um, that I wasn't expecting. And when I opened it up, like the, the visuals of these cards are so phenomenal and they're so like, gentle and kind and that I was just drawn to the deck and I just I, something switched in my head where I realized oh this isn't woo at all this is like psychology this is psychology and symbolism and since then I've just been going hard hard on the tarot decks um and so and finally Darby you know I gave her a reading and she was like what the hell are you doing you need to be charging for this yeah. So I'm like, well, let's see what happens. We'll, we'll make a, we'll make a, a channel and we'll do a website and we'll see if it goes anywhere. Right. Um, but so far people are really happy with their readings. So that's oh, so yeah. exciting to me because it means that I'm, I'm doing, doing it right. I'm doing it how I'm supposed to. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you blend it with, with practicality, you know, because it does like the new age movement and I can't help it. I'm just going to have to clown a little bit. And I mean, no disrespect to any person, right? Like they're allowed to do and say and be exactly who they are. So I'm not trying to like attack anybody or be like, uh, you know, uh, savage on anyone, but it's like so hyperbolic and over-exaggerated and dramatic and blown out. Like, it's like, dude, heal your ancestral bloodline trauma. That just means discard the shitty beliefs that your parents handed down to you from their parents. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. It's like, first I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> you know, what is this? you know, this voodoo, this like craziness, but like, that's all it really means. And so, you know, when we boil things down um, to, cause like, you know, Abby has told me about a, a lot of these types of things. And then Ralph Slond, who I've been on a couple of podcasts with, and he's actually on the clubhouse thing with us uh, every I gotta Saturday. Get, I got to get on there. I love Ralph so much. Uh, I have to get on clubhouse so I can hang out with you guys. Stupid. You know, how racist you won't let it Android <laughs> users. <laughs> uh, that's so apropos yeah um well i have like 45 clubhouse invites now so like anybody <laughs> who wants one just hit me up but you do have to be on iphone you do have to be on their uh their little system uh for now and supposedly it was supposed to be this month that they were going to open up to android users but i think it was like a thing where 
you know, it's server space. I mean, that the app is only a year old and I'll be frank. I don't really love it. <laughs> it's incredibly political and I don't like that. And a lot of the rooms that I'll go in, I'll just be like, like I went into one that was like a purpose room and I was like, cool, let me see if I can, you know, maybe contribute. Cause I do have a little bit of knowledge and pain points when it comes to that. Right. Like I don't know everything, but mm -hmm. I do have a little bit of insight to that and I, I can admit it, you know, and that's the reason why I've reached out to other people and I can brag on my program because I have people who are way better at what they do than I am teaching what they know. And instead of me trying to do it all, because that seems fruitless and um, <clears throat> you know, but I'd hop in to clubhouse and, and like hop in a room like that and like raise my hand. And then the, 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 the conversation descends into, Oh, do we have a collective purpose? And I'm like, Oh God, here we go. You know? And it's like, yeah, I, I think we do. Like, I think overall, sure we do, but you know, people need to understand what their specific purpose is. Like, what is the saying? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, like we need to be able to focus on ourselves first. Everyone's so externally focused that that seems to be a big problem, a big symptom of what's going on and why things are moving in the direction that they are because people aren't like, look, man, like I have people all the time hitting me up and telling me about this new next thing and you should eat fruit only and you should do this thing and do that thing. And it's like a lot of these ideas are high, highly romantic and I've, I'm a sucker for that too, you know, but I have to like, ultimately at the end of the day, self-reliance, you know, back to Emerson, mm -hmm. like, what do I know in my heart? You know, because there's my, one of my favorite quotes and I'm not going to quote it perfectly out of there, but he's talking about how you have this, this, this uh, information within you and you know it to be true. And the most shameful thing is to hear someone else tell your opinion publicly when it's that, that you've pushed down inside of you. And it's like, you know what the truth is and it's there, it's in your heart and there, you can deny it all you want to, but how shameful to like shove that truth down and then have to hear it from someone else's mouth. And it's like, it's like the invention that you see late night on TV, like whatever stupid, the Snuggie, you know, or like whatever, like the, the, the tortilla blanket, you know what I mean? It's like, why didn't I think of that? And, uh, you know, and you probably, like probably a ton of people did, you know, I feel like I, I've had, uh, I've had insights to little contraptions and, and things that, uh, that probably ultimately someone else did something with, and then they were probably millionaires as a result of it. I'm not mad about it, but like, these are things that maybe have crossed my mind. Maybe it wasn't part of my purpose to bring them to society, but it's just funny, like this simple little things and these little truths that we know we absolutely are connected to it. We know it and sometimes just shove it down. And then you hear somebody else say it and you're like, yes, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, clubhouse is an interesting place for that because every once in a while you'll hear somebody go against the grain and are they going to be publicly shamed for it? Sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and then other times they kind of have to, um, you know, weasel their way out. And that's an interesting thing to listen to. <laughs> to your point about, um, you know, how the the topic of purpose gets hijacked by a collective ideal, right? Like anytime that you come across um, a person or an ideology that tells you to put your faith outside of yourself, 
run as fast and as far away as you can. Like, and I'm speaking specifically like to cue people at the moment, you know, they, they, they present you with this mishmash of truth and untruth and stuff that's really hard to discern. And then they tell you, don't worry, just trust the plan. Well, no, I'm sorry. Like any, any idea that boils down to you don't need to do anything. You can rely on other people to care for you. That is a lie. That is a lie being told to your face. And it's a lie that society in general has been telling us for a very, very, very long time. And I don't want to go like too woo, but I do believe that a lot of people are quote unquote waking up right now. But when really in reality, what is happening is that everybody is getting their own dose of trauma induced consciousness so that their brain glitches in such a way that they can no longer ignore reality for what it is. And when that happens, you start looking for answers. So if you're one of those people, you're looking for answers or, or what's going to fix all of this craziness, it's you. You're the one, you know, nobody else is going to do it for you. You are the only one who can fix it. And sure. that's going to come from your own authenticity. It's going to come from you truly knowing yourself, you know, know thyself. That's, it's been told to us for millennia, you know. Yeah. The Oracle of Delphi, right. Would be out there like doing all this channeling or whatever. Right. And like on statue, it says Tim at Noske as people walk right past it and into the church to throw money in a collection plate. Mm -hmm. The tale is old as time. And uh, so chock full of irony, like, oh man, but yeah, that's great advice. You know, the Q thing, man, there was a time when I was like, man, this would be awesome if it were true. And then I wound up talking to a couple of comedians and we were like, yeah, there's no way. Um, and that was like, and, and people are still on that train. That's what I can't believe about it. And mm -hmm. back to your point about trauma and fear. I mean, that's, that's what I think we're seeing a lot, you know, like people talk about the background people or the mannequins and all this. And it's like, that's a very unhealthy way to view uh, your fellow human being. Mm -hmm. So I, I avoid and I cut and run from that as much as I can. I think that's a very toxic mm -hmm. way to see the world. It's leading towards solipsism. And I think it's very dangerous. Um, I think what's really going on is people are in a state of perpetual fear and trauma. It is literal trauma. The media has put us in a state or a lot of people that are paying attention to it in a state of absolute trauma, you know, and I, I kind of was thinking about this a little bit yesterday. It's like, man, um, that, that's insane. Like a lot of the work that we do to get rid of the traumas that we've, you know, and encountered over our lifetime, like people need that on a collective level. People need collective healing. I don't know about collective purpose, but collective healing. Yes. And, and then going, going and getting in, you know, attached to that purpose, discovering it, knowing ourselves, like that's the thing that no matter what happens, you know, out here, right? Like the, this is fine meme of the dog was like, Oh, this is fine. You know, the dumpster fire behind him. It's like, you can sort of be in that place. It, it is your birthright to feel good in your body, no matter what is happening out here. And when we can connect in that sense, then I think that that gives us the power back. And yeah, you know, there's some ridiculous things out, you know, I was kind of bummed out yesterday. I had like an off day and there's like ridiculous things and people are just kind of jumping on this media bandwagon and then throwing this fear out themselves. Like it's garbage in and garbage out. And so like I'm on Instagram way more than I should be, fr frankly, but um, I'm a little bit 
I'm addicted to Instagram. I'll just admit it. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm on there and I just see like just a lot of just negative, uh, accusatory, you know, systemic, like kind of posts and quotes and stuff. And <clears throat> even, even with that, like I need to insulate myself more, but even with that, I can still, you know, go in, you know, a lot of times like yesterday, my buddy Lehman hit me up and he was like, Hey dude, what's up? He, he just, kinda, I don't know how he just kind of knew he's like, Hey, you want to just like chop it up for a few minutes and just BS and, and, and raise each other's vibes. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, so we talked for a bit and I just vented a little bit and then we laughed. We had a good chuckle and I was in a much, much better mood. Cause like I said, I was having some technical difficulties with Cordal and all this other stuff. And, but really, really just finding that place that we can come home to like a home within ourselves. Um, I also had an EMDR session yesterday with, with Tim. Um, and that was, that was amazing. Um, as EMDR. Well. So it's eye movement, uh, something. Um, he basically moves his fingers like this, but like he, it's kind it's similar to some of the, um, like, like trauma healing type of stuff, but it's, it's a little bit less like direct. Mm -hmm. It's more like sort of coaxing these connections that you have with memory and with, um, like let's say a situation that was maybe unsavory, um, so that you can basically redefine your relationship to it, but it's not like as overt as some of the other things that, that we've done or, or, or been a part of, right. Like, like Reiki or, um, or emotional release sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess I did hear, I, I have heard about that. It struck me when, when I learned about it as kind of like a cheat code a little bit, you know, using your eyes as a cheat code for, uh, re, you know, new neural pathways and, uh, getting your neuroplasticity on point. Yeah. Do you yeah, think that's I, accurate? I do. Yeah. Because what he told me was that we don't really know how this works. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't care how it works. If it works, it works. Um, and um, yeah, I really, he was like, you know, he's just learning. So he's like offering, you know, this for, uh, for free to learn the, the practice. And he's like, don't pick something that's too heavy you know, too intense, like on a scale of one to 10, pick something that's like a five or six pain wise that we can work through. And so what we did was he kind of took me through and, and we established a memory. Um, that was like a very warm memory. And this is something that's a very simple, uh, fundamental practice that I, I talk about actually a lot. And that's just finding a memory, any memory, uh, that brings you joy, that brings you, that you remember you were loved, that you were you know, comfortable and happy and in a safe place. And I went into one yesterday with him that, man, I hadn't thought about in a long, long time. And actually made me want to kind of drive out <laughs> uh, my, my grandparents. Uh, I was thinking about when I was young and growing up in their home and like their couch specifically, even though it was like a really smoky house, they smoked, but like the, the grandfather clock and the cornbread and the, you know, just being like seven or eight years old, running around with no clothes on eating tomatoes out of the garden, just like that whole vibe and feeling so safe and taken care of, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> and that was kind of the memory that I established. And so you start out with that, and then you go through like a painful memory. And so you just somehow with the eye movement, he explained it to me. I can't exactly remember, but 
when you're going through nature and you're like on the lookout, your eyes are just like going back and forth because you're like scanning, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so it has something to do with that uh, subliminally. Um, but basically it's really about reestablishing your relationship to a particular uh, event that wasn't necessarily savory. So that's awesome. I know another form of that is MDMA therapy. <laughs> MDMA therapy. Yeah. You haven't heard of that. So they, the oh, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is in a clinical setting with your therapist. They will dose you on ecstasy and then they'll take you through these traumatic experiences while you have that chemically induced sense of euphoria and comfort and belonging and oneness. And then they, they help you process the info, the information that those emotions are holding in association with that memory. Um, and they're curing PTSD and veterans with this. It's incredible. Yeah, but yeah. the idea that you can do that, many people think that their answer is going to be a pharmaceutical answer, you mm -hmm. know, but there are things out there to help you do this where you don't have to take any type of drug. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite biggest heroes ever, Robert Anton Wilson, you know, I love his work. Prometheus Rising was it's in my top like three or four books of all time. And, you know, he, he and Timothy Leary were really into doing this kind of stuff through, through using LSD. But as we've come along and we've understood things like breath and, you know, uh, how the waves in the brain work, the alpha and gamma and like these different brain states, you don't need chemical substances to, to get to these, um, you know, to, to heal basically. And, yeah. Yeah. Like collectively, I, like I said, you know, people really are in a state that will require some sort of therapy, right? Like, because it really is trauma that's being thrust upon the minds of the public at this point. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I was thinking a lot about that yesterday, but, but understanding that it can be overcome through very simple and straightforward means and therapies, just using our memory, using, um, and, and I like working one-on-one -on -one with people, but it's also stuff that we can do ourselves. And, you know, you go to my website and download Jim Shane's core method, absolutely free. Like he has a book right here, actually, um, the core method. And it's a great way to just shed some of this tension and, and release it. Um, I'm very proud actually that I have a signed copy of this book. Um, signed That's by awesome. Jim. And That's have, so awesome. Yeah. And I have the very first uh, testimonial in the book as well, right there. He only put OH, but oh, can you? Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, dude, you can use my, you, you can use my stripper name if you want. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so there are little, there are things and every, everybody's different. So whatever works for you. I like working one-on-one. -on -one. I love working with Ralph. Um, I think I'm working with Ralph now too. Good, good. I'm on board. He's, he's a, what a beautiful soul. And he yeah. just wants to help you. He really does. And, you know, back to your point about the woo woo, but the practical, like psychological, like that's something that you had said about working with him where it's like, this it wasn't woo woo at all. It was mm -hmm. very straightforward. And I mean, I don't know, do you want to talk about your experience a little bit? I can, I can. Um, you know, he, Meditation is a part of it. So if meditation is too woo for you, then I just, I don't know what to tell you, but it's a good skill to have. So you should probably look into it, you know? Um, but he, he took me through um, uh, the core memory of why it is that I had um, 
a lack of self-worth, you know, the, why, why I thought not consciously, because I have very conscious ideas about who human beings are and what we're, what, why we're here and what our value is. But for me personally, there was a subconscious block in being able to fully integrate those ideals into myself. And, um, he, you know, it had to do with my older sister when we were very young, you know, and, and it was a memory that I've thought about over the years, but never really associated with my own um, self-worth and my own self-value. And so um, it was, it was incredible. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but, you know, and he didn't, he didn't, he facilitated it, but he didn't um, bring me around to the realization. I was able to do that myself, but that because my sister was the closest person to me emotionally at that time in my life, and she had made me feel undervalued. I integrated that into my being, you know, it became part of who I was, was that the most important person to me didn't value me the way that I should have been. And to realize that and to realize where, I mean, we're talking about like self-destructiveness, um, self-sabotage, those types of things to understand that, um, some, that those things can come from such a innocent place within your own psyche. Um, that's magic. That's true magic, you know, self-healing. That's what Ralph's doing. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I've, I've really enjoyed working with him too. I've worked with several people who have similar methodologies to him, but I really like Ralph's approach and I'm very comfortable with him. Um, it always involves for me, lots of crying, um, lots of releasing, even just like doing Jay Zbarth's breath class where he does like a meditation at the end. I was just like in another, on another level. And I was not the other only one who was, but like, cause he does a breath thing, which is amazing. And you get all charged up. And then there's like a release session afterward. But to your point, I think self-worth is really the thing that people really need to focus on and, and, and that what they're lacking because, um, you know, I, I had one person that I work with in this sort of sector and he said that it all came down to sex. So I was thinking about that the other day and I'm like, no, nah, that's not it. Sex is actually needing to um, understand your own self-worth too. It's a form of validation uh, to say that you're good enough for this other person or something. It really has everything to do with self-worth. That's why we even seek that out as a form of validation. And that can be, I think, spiritual uh, as well as egoic or, or what have you. But like self-worth is really, really what it ultimately boils down to. And each, each and every and, one of us have to understand how important we are. Yeah. And for people who are like resistant to, you know, like self-development or self-work and that kind of, kind of a thing, I want to just kind of put a little perspective on this because I can, if you're not into those things, I can almost guarantee that you are undervaluing yourself. And here, let me just lay this out. So um, right now, the country in the US, everybody's up in arms because the Democrats took the $15 an hour minimum wage out of the new stimulus bill, right? Everybody's real pissed off about that. Why won't you pay us a living wage? And let me tell you something. If you work 40 hours a week your entire life, at $15 an hour, your 
the worth of your effort and blood, sweat and tears is going to be worth $1.2 million. Do you think that you're worth more than that? Let me juxtapose that to on the black market, your body can be sold off piece by piece and every single piece of your body down to every square inch of skin, your eyeballs, your kidneys, all of that has a set price on the black market. Do you know how much your body is worth on the black market sold off piece by piece? No, no. $43 million, $43 million. Okay. So the government wants to tell you that your life is worth $1.5 million and the black market determines your bodily worth at $43 million. But that doesn't take into account your consciousness or your uh, life experience or anything like anything having to do with you as a living human being. None of those metrics actually, um, none of it measures your true value. And that's because as a human being, your life is priceless. We cannot put a price on human life. So like I said, if you if you are resistant to these ideas or you're looking for somebody to save you or somebody to come along and fix the problem, that's not gonna happen because you are undervaluing yourself. You There is more worth to you than you can even imagine. So I want to put that out there too. I agree. I, I mean, first of all, I don't want to work for $15 an hour. That sounds terrible. First of all, that's trading my time directly for, for hours or for money. And that's somebody else's job that they're mm -hmm. obviously like, it's my right to work. It's like, what? It's your right to work for somebody else and make them rich. That sounds awful. Like it's your right to determine your own value. It's your right to create your own, you know, game. And that is your right. Mm -hmm. And you should have the ability to do that. And if you want to go and work for somebody else for 15 or 20 or however many dollars an hour, that's, that's your choice too. I'm not Maybe saying, you love that work. That's fine, you know, but don't limit me because I want to do my own thing, you know, because I want to create my own game mm -hmm. and bring other people into that, you know, who I, you know, who I can help them hopefully, and they can help me. And it becomes, you know, a really, um, autonomous, uh, interdependent sort of relationship. So um, that's a, another question too for the devil is like, what is the value of a soul? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's definitely mm -hmm. worth more than $40 million. That's for sure. Um, and it's priceless. It's, it's priceless. It's yeah, absolutely that, priceless. Absolutely. Is. And this is why I'm such an advocate for self-employment, people finding a way to make their own money, make their own business, set their own hours, set their, um, arrange their life in any way that they want, because how can you truly know what your worth is, what you're able to contribute, the value that you're able to produce, unless you're free to do that. Mm -hmm. If you're working 40 hours a week for another person or company, they're going to determine what your output is. And it's not fair. It's not right. Um, you know, again, back to your intro, you know, like you are so powerful. And if you hand over your time and your attention to other people to profit off of, you'll never know what that value is for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and that's really the whole thing is like, you're here again, like back to the whole purpose idea. You, I think we're really here for such a time as this. It's just bananas. Welcome to the clown show, you know, but we, each of us have talents that we can bring to the table. And I think very often those are the very ones that we undervalue. 
Like we don't necessarily see our own worth, like the things that we're good at, the talents that we naturally have because it comes easy to us. But just because it comes easy to you does not mean that it's not valuable to everyone else. In fact, mm -hmm. it's, um, it, that's usually the thing that you should focus on like that. I get caught up in it where I think that other things are more valuable or more important because they're more challenging. And often the things that come the easiest to me are the mo more valuable to other people. So it's an mm -hmm. interesting kind of dichotomy with that. I still want to pursue the things that are challenging because it's fun. It's fun to chase the dragon, <laughs> but I don't want to lose touch with the things that just like come naturally. And those, those are the, really the things about us that, um, that I think really showcase um, the purpose and the abilities that we have that we can continue to cultivate and, and give and, and, and share with people. <clears throat> Yeah, and this is an excellent point. I want to, or a time to bring up my app. Um, so I'm building an app and we're actually, we're working, we have our development team, we're working with a designer. We're going to have um, our beta version for testing available, I think within the next six months. Um, but what this app does is it rewards people for doing favors for each other. And in the very beginning steps, the onboarding process of the app, um, you fill out a survey and the survey takes you through a self-assessment. It takes you through what are your skills? What are your talents? What are your resources? Because a lot of people don't consider themselves to have very many resources until you actually make them take a stock of it, you know? And all of those different things that you personally have within you or at your, or as a resource for you, you can use that to help contribute to your community, to help, um, uh, you know, like you said, you're something that comes easy for you. Somebody else might have no idea how to do that. And if you can offer it to them, if you can help them with that, that's going to lift them up and they're going to be more likely to want to lift you up too, in whatever way that they can with their personal skills. So, um, yeah, I think that, I think that now is the perfect time for us to all realize that we do have a value and something to offer and not just something to offer other people, but um, we have things to offer the world that are going to bring value into our lives. They're going to enrich us. They're going to gain us true wealth, not necessarily monetary wealth. Although many times that comes along for the ride, doesn't it? You start doing what you're passionate about or what you're good at and what you feel um, is beneficial for you, a beneficial way for you to spend your time. And then all of a sudden that thing starts to support you. Um, it's kind of the way it works. I love it. Yeah. And it's very natural. It's very organic. It's very much a, a power that's like working as you contribute to it and, and lean into that. Um, and I love your app. I meant to bring it up actually before now, um, but I think it's really a, a brilliant idea and um, it's going to be amazing. I'm super excited to see kind of how it comes to fruition. I think that, you know, starting out with that self-assessment and having your abilities and talents up at the forefront is a really good way to cue people to, to look within themselves. Um, and in the meantime, you know, um, what we, you know, we've got going on, you know, until your app really kind of comes out is like, we have a skill share and a time bank. And like, those are things that are, you know, uh, still being developed and, and worked with, but, um, bringing what you can to offer to people and, and, and then sharing with what they're good at. 
like that just creates a rising tide, you know, and that raises all ships. It reminds me of um, <clears throat> the crabs in a bucket analogy, which is like a lot of people talk about. Uh, you hear it a lot where there's like, like if you put one crab in a bucket, he'll get out and run away. But if you put like uh, four crabs in a bucket, like the one crab will start to crawl out and then the other crabs will pull it back down into the bucket. And we kind of have this compulsion as human beings. Um, and I definitely do as a type two on the Enneagram uh, where, you know, if we see somebody, you know, going, being successful, uh, we think, oh no, they're going to leave us. They're going to leave us behind. And then, so we kind of want, like, we have this compulsion, right? Like this is very surface level. If we would take a minute and just take a deep breath and then, and, and, and not just react to it, we would see it differently. But this is just like initial sort of compulsion to just like pull them back into the bucket. Like, no, don't leave me. You know, like if you, you know, if you, if you go off and you are successful, what will, what will become of me? You'll leave me in the dust. Well, that's actually completely the opposite of the truth, right? It's, it's counter. I wouldn't even say intuitive Intu intuition would tell you if you would tap into that, that that's a good thing that that could allow you to also grow, you know, mm -hmm. the rising tide rises all ships and really building and fostering a community that's interdependent where nobody really feels like they're beholden to the community where it's not like collectivist in that sense. Like, and you have to do this and you have to abide by these rules and do these. It's like, no, who wants to be a part of that group anyway? You know, I don't want anybody to identify as a group or as a sort of, you know, energy like that, like where they feel like they have to be, you know, conformed to something, you know, instead mm -hmm. really building and fostering your own independence and then finding other people who voluntarily through their own volition and willingness want to collaborate and cross over. And I think that's, what's so cool about your app. And um, you know, if people are out there and they're interested, they want to ha have uh, the opportunity to check out, you know, this is a very beta simple version of what you're talking about. Then they can check out the Skillshare and kind of see how that works. Cause there's, you know, quite a few people in there. Uh, it's just like a simple grid where you can kind of see what skills and abilities other people have and then reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, I'm looking for X, Y, or Z. I see that you do graphic design. Would you be maybe willing to uh, talk to me about it? I can do this. Um, or maybe, you know, you've got, you got another offer. You guys, you know, figure it out between yourselves. So you absolutely, mm -hmm. everyone's more than capable of doing that. But, um, but the, but the barter app would be really cool because it like logs everything. And it's like, Oh, well, I'm going to write some copy for Lindsay or work on her website. And then, you know, she's going to do, you know, this, that, or the other for me. And then we can just trade hours via the. Well, it's actually, it's even better than that because Owen, oh, what if you can write copy for me, but I don't have anything that I can do for you. You don't need any of my skills. Right, How right. do we barter? Right. So the whole idea of the app is that um, you get a credit for doing me a favor. Um, basically, it's like a crypto token. It's called a favor. And you earn a favor for doing something for me. And then you can use that favor anywhere in the membership with any other member that you want who's willing to accept your favor. Um, it's it, We call it better than barter because we're really addressing all of the reasons that people avoid bartering these days. Um, it's, um, essentially, you know, there's issues with it in trust, you know, um, if somebody doesn't hold up their end of the bargain that you've made a deal with, then you're kind of out, especially if you've already provided what you agreed to. Um, 
there is none of that with this, with this type of method. And the other thing that I like about it too, is that, you know, that we're kind of circling around the idea of like feast or famine. Right. And, um, this is gonna, I feel like this really addresses the issues with feast or famine programming. Cause that's what it is. It's programming. If somebody else is doing better or getting something, then that means that there's less available for me. And that's really not the way it is. If somebody is doing well, that means that there's more, especially if that person's in your network, that means there's more resource, more skill, more talent for to be available to you. Um, and so, yeah, I'm hoping that we can start to change that paradigm that a lot of people, because of our money system, because of our education system, because of all of these different things have been kind of programmed with feast or famine mentality, and they're not able to cultivate abundance in their lives because of that. I want to address that. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. That's that is better than barter. It's very aptly named, I would say, you know, and it's like, how can I trade in my point zero 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 six favor? <laughs> All these cryptos. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but that's the beautiful thing is that every favor is worth exactly the same amount. It's whatever value you put on it. So if you are going to have somebody fix your car and, and they'll say, I'll do that for one favor, or maybe it'll take them three days. So they'll say, I'll do it for three favors, you know, then you just earn three favors doing helping other people out. And there you go. You don't have to say, well, I'll give you 1.25 hours of my time. Right. You know, it's, we're not going to do that. It's just, Hey, I did you a favor. I earned a favor. And you determine the value of your own worth. Yes. You determine the value of your own worth. Exactly. That's awesome. I love that. So how can people follow along with your process over the next few months uh, with it? Um, you can email admin at better than dot world, um, get on the subscription list. We'll send you updates. We're getting ready to send out like the first official update since we started going into development. So that's going to be coming out here real soon. Um, if you want, I mean, follow the podcast. I'm always giving updates on the podcast, of course. Um, but if you just want to email me and wonder how you're wondering how you can help do that too. admin at better than dot world. Very cool. Yeah. And the website there is in, in development, uh, better than dot world. I, I think I even put that in the notes there and I'm, that's something I'm happy to help you with for zero favors, by the way. Oh. I would be more than happy to help. I you. could use it. I need yeah. help with that. I have, I'm so slow when it comes to everything takes me like 25 days to figure out how to do one thing. So I have the same. I, yeah, I understand. Like there, like I just finished doing my website this past year. And so I have a little bit more knowledge through a lot of failure, failure, man. That's, that's, that's the path to success for sure. I love failing. Yeah. I learned so much by <laughs> failing. It makes me really happy when something doesn't work out. Cause then I think, Oh, next time I'm going to do it this way. And it always works out. Yeah, it does. It really does. And it's, that's part of the process. What I've learned over a lot of time and frustration is that all of these times when I've been, you know, crushed these challenges have been the things that i've been able to share with other people to help them with their you know 
their journey, right? Like I heard somebody say, I hate the word journey, all these words, right? And so like, I didn't want to use it, but now I'm just going to use it. I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm going to start talking as hyperbolic as possible. We need to channel 12th dimension Pleiadian deities to heal the bloodline trauma of your former life. Okay. When we need to find your inner child and make it frolic through the cornfields, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Look at that inner child. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, that is, it's technically accurate, right? Like it the is. inner child, it is, it's coming back to yourself. You're like your, your, your purest sort of self that would like, if you were just dropped into the earth right now, you'd be like that perfect, you know, expression. And so we mm -hmm. go through and add all these layers and conditioning and all this stuff on top of that. And so, you know, it becomes this process of sort of unlearning and shedding and letting go of all this crap that we learned to be true about reality. Right. And really the whole time we create reality, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or we co-create it, of course, um, want to be very simple, uh, about that and straightforward because again solipsism is a dangerous mental disorder <laughs> explain to people talk to them about the difference of understanding that we are all um valuable we're we're all powerful um but that doesn't mean that our um our desires are more important than anyone else's because i think that this is a big disconnect in understanding what your power is people don't want to think that it all comes down to them and that they're the controller of the universe because that's not how it works but i think that there's some confusion and that's how people get sucked into solipsism it sounds good right it feels good because it's true but not in the way that you're manipulated into thinking that it's true yeah everything's so nuanced and uh and like the kabbalion says every truth is a half truth it it's just so we do have power but not power over other people everyone here is having an experience they're not dolls or mannequins or people to be manipulated or or into like the you know the the specific person movement they're taking neville goddard's work and really um just abusing it you know saying that uh, what is it everyone is you pushed out it's really uh i don't think that's the quote anyway it's like uh the world is you pushed out or something like that it's it's slightly different than what people uh quote they misquote him and a lot of people interpret that to mean, oh, well, I can just, this is, this is all my creation and I'm a God. And so I can just make the world do whatever I want. Yeah, dude. I mean, I swear to God, try it for 30 seconds. You know what I mean? I learned the hard way by, by, you know, getting uh, my hands tied behind my back and thrown down on hot asphalt on a July night that I do not control reality in the sense that, you know, I'm the only one here. Basically what solipsism is implying is that you're the only conscious entity and that everyone and everything else is here for your use, your pleasure. And it's a very elitist philosophy. It's very dangerous. And I don't know how people could teach that to other people. If they're the only one who's conscious, then how can you be the only one who's also conscious it doesn't make a whole lot of sense so there's not really a lot of validity there and in testing it out also you'll notice that a bird won't just fly right into your hand you know you can't just like make whoever you want fall in love with you you freaking psychopath um but that that we have an objective reality right there is an objective reality there is a material world 
that we are all a part of and we are all creating, but we, we can only experience that subjectively. So people are taking and saying, oh, well, you know, the, the, they're, they're making the, the subjective objective. And that's mm-hmm. simply not the case. You know, we're each a part of this reality. We're each uh, contributing to it and actively shaping it. It is malleable. It is changing over time due to our influence, each and every one of us. And we each do have the ability to make an impact, the freedom and the responsibility, like we were talking about earlier, uh, that gift to to be a part of the creation of, of all that is, which is a very, very beautiful, sacred thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we overvalue or think that we somehow own other people or are responsible for this, I mean, dude, if 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 like someone was the only creator, like this is something that trips people up, right? And the timeline jumping and all this kind of stuff is like, would you really be living in a, uh, a spam demic right now where every single thing was just like uh, 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 in your face? Like you created that. You think you created that unbelievably a hubristic that mm-hmm. you must, you, you must, you must be a, you must be a monster. <laughs> well, and here's, here's the, uh, the really wild part about this. Somebody created that. There are people out there who who truly believe that they are more important, that their values are more important, and that they should get to decide for the rest of the people. There are people out there who truly believe that, and that's the difference in this way of thinking that we're talking about. It's like um, at that open letter that I wrote, um, at the very end, I say, you are not important, but you are very, very special. And there's a reason that I added that. It's because... Not none of us get to hold ourselves above anyone else. You can hold your your safety and your security above other people's. That's that's your natural right as a human being, right? But that doesn't mean that you get to determine the future or the destiny for other people as it suits your whims. That's and and that's what we have going on in the world right now. There are people who think that they have the right to do that. Yeah, they're called lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> next next week on the Bootsy Greencast, we'll have David Ike. That's right. <laughs> I can't wait. That poor guy, man. I see him and uh, I, I bet it, like, I don't know, like, I, like some of his stuff, I remember catching him years and years ago and I'd be like, that's really interesting. And I think like people just took his stuff like way out of context and then just attacked him with it. Um, yeah. I don't, I certainly don't agree with everything he says, but that doesn't mean that there's not, you know, um, some some value there um i'm I'm trying to find this one tarot card because i think of david ike when i see it i'm looking for it i'm gonna find it um because there's a difference between looking into your own mind and your own spirit and coming up with your own answers right and then there's um that when you do that there's the danger of insanity right of um, being too immersed in your own mind and um, coming to your own conclusions, which is fine to do, but you have to litmus test it, you know? And um, sometimes I, you know, when he, when he goes on about lizard people or whatever it is, um, cause you know me, I'm, I'm very practical and I, and, and I want things to be logical, you know? But so whenever, whenever I think of him, I think of this card, <laughs> This is the moon card and 
in the upright position, it means introspection, right? Like looking for those answers within yourself, but in the reverse, it's lunacy. And oh, I, wow. This, how they did that. And if you look close, look at these monsters yes. that this little guy is going to have to walk past to come to get that introspection. There's these gatekeepers, you know, that is the mind. That is how the mind works. They're, your mind, because of your programming, has all of these things to trip you up, you know, to get you on the wrong path from the war of art, you know, resistance. Resistance. Resistance is there to keep you from your work, right? So if you if you follow a path of lunacy as opposed to introspection, you you're, you yourself will trip yourself up. Yeah, that's really good. And I like how you talked about practicality as well there. And I just want to share, I'm going to share this and people who are just listening, they may not be able to see it, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, like when we look at this map of consciousness by David Hawkins, you know, I want things to be practical too. They need to make sense. They need to follow a logical, you know, uh, standard in, in the, in the objective uh, aspect of reality, right? Like we're all subjectively experiencing. So when you look on this map of consciousness, you see how high reason is. I mean, it's way, way, way up there. I mean, that is like, I mean, there's, here's all the stuff that that's probably 4d like, Oh, we're going to 4d, you know, back to the hyperbolic nature of the movement. But like, reason heart and mind connected right like it logically makes sense and it feels good to my intuition right like intuition versus impulse right that impulse is what's going to keep that crab pulling the other crabs back and hilarious by the way barefoot hippies uh <laughs> i got crabs on bootsy greencast and all i got was this t-shirt i feel like we need to make that into a shirt but yeah. um, <laughs> um and but Truly, you know, that's what all the esoterics all about. And, uh, and Lehman mentioned Mark Passio. Mark Passio has talked about this a lot, you know, uh, as well as many, many other books in the esoteric. It's heart and mind, heart and mind, heart and mind. Tra- Transurfing specifically talks a lot about it, right? Heart and mind. So things need to make rational sense, right? In the logical, objective world, the material reality that we're all experiencing together as well as the subjective world our the world of our intuition the world of our heart uh, that card is brilliant because you go too far in and it's lunacy and there are a lot of people on you know who are in this movement who talk about things like backdrop people or mannequins or like people are taking downloads i'm like dude maybe maybe that's true right because i don't know everything but i think that's a very dangerous and slippery slope to sort of start viewing reality. I had to withdraw from anybody who's pitching stuff like that, whether yeah. they're right or not. I don't care. Um, I understand, um, especially there's the concept of NPCs, non-player characters, yeah. right. you know? And and I have resistance to that idea because I don't like anything that is dehumanizing, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I understand the analogy because it does really seem, there. here's... Um, one of the the uh, uh, little tricks that our minds play on us, because when we start doing self work, we start seeing um, our own 
flaws in other people, especially if we've corrected those flaws, we begin to see those flaws in other people, right? And there's this temptation to think that you have it figured out. So you're better than that person or whatever, you know? So the idea of a non-player character is somebody who's just drifting along in life and, and going with the flow, not questioning, not thinking for themselves, right? And it's tempting to dehumanize those people mm-hmm. because it's a very real phenomenon and you might feel fully human in yourself and see those people as less than um but what what you have to remember whether you're talking about mannequin people or npcs or whatever it is all of us are meant to have our own experiences there's a reason why there's eight billion of us and we all have different backgrounds and that's because you through your experience in your own perspective and every perspective is valuable, right? So to look down on someone because they're not where you are spiritually or mentally or anything like that, it's devaluing their experience. They might get to the place that you're at, but they're going to do that in their own time and people like that without being defensive without trying to prove that we're right, that you're right. All you will do is either push them away or at the very best, get them to question their own beliefs. Um, And so remembering that, remembering that none of us is better because we might view ourselves as further along or whatever, um, that gives us a chance to connect with humanity and and to not view ourselves as separate from those people. Um, And I just, I wanted to point that out it's so important you know to not fall the trap of devaluing humans we we've seen it happen over and over and over again and you know just like um the nazis devalued the jews right that that happens over and over and again throughout history one of the things happening right now in america is that um the labeling the right and vice versa you know i've heard some awful awful things been being said about Trump voters, for example, you know, language that suggests that they are less than human. And by the way, you're doing yourself a disservice. Figures you has something to teach you. If you can put your ego aside and you can just accept them for their experience and not how you view them um, as a whole package as group. It's so important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And if we look once again at this map, you know, the map's not the territory, but it sure does explain a lot. Um, You can see that pride is here, right at the tip of the iceberg. And you see like force here, right? Force. And that's really coming from a place of, of what they say, lack, you know, not having, attempting to control other people. That's not power. That's not empowerment. Real power comes from within and is expressed through, through freedom, you know, and that is strength. And that's what we really want to connect to, you know, in order to get to those higher states of consciousness and really propel ourselves, you know, upward. And, uh, and so that's, you know, that's, that's really the dividing line. And it is very dangerous to, um, to think that you're better than someone else. You have to be able to be present in the sense of allowing everything to be as it is in order to make a change, right? Like you can't change something that you can't accept. So we really do have to learn to 
accept what is, allow it to be exactly as it is without judging it. And then we can begin to, to really influence the, the reality. A lot of people are in resistance to what is, you know, uh, because they're like, no, this is terrible. And then that makes them a victim. And so now they're down into those force, you know, uh, areas and they're trying to literally affect the effect, right? Like if you're pushing on the world in any way, like we all want to control it. Everyone does. Like if you don't understand what reality is and you, you have no control over it, then that, that means you, you're going to have a hard time surviving. So we all like, that's our most basic need is like really having the ability to, 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 to work with the, the reality that we're presented with. And so it's really, really important to just like get away from this mentality of, uh, of victimhood of, and, and accept what it is that it is. And it is ugly. I hate seeing, and I have friends who, who I love dearly, who are like falling into these types of mental patterns. And it, it, it worries me. It disappoints me because I, I think, oh no, I'm not going to be able to work with this person. And it may come to that, you know, and if that happens then I guess it, it just, that's the way it is. But, um, you know, of course I don't want that to happen. It breaks my heart, but, um, but it is, you know, sort of the nature of, of how things go. And ultimately, no matter what happens, uh, tapping into the power uh, as opposed to, you know, slipping into the idea of, of trying to force our, our will on the, on the world. Well, I can't hear you. You're muted. <laughs> I want to make this point too. Um, Negative emotions are not, they're not actually negative. When you feel anger or fear or something like that, those emotions are actually a call to action. They're prompting you, telling you that something is not right and something needs to change. So whether that be um, in a personal relationship or in, um, I can't read the comments. I see you giggling, but I can't read the comments. I wish my friends weren't so funny. Okay, I take that back immediately. <laughs> I'm so glad. No, no, no. But all, so here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, like we have people this summer, we saw protests in the country like I haven't seen in my lifetime. You know, that was wild. Um, there, was a ne there was negative actions being done against the people and the people felt a call to action, right? Now, I'm not saying that the answer to those negative emotions is to protest, but if you're called to do that, somebody's got to be called to protest, right? We need people to protest and have it be publicly visible that they're not happy with what's happening, right? But just you might have a negative emotion about the exact same thing as the protesters, but because of your um, life experience and your perspective, you see a different way, a different way to address that negative energy, that negative emotion and to act, um, not react, but to act. So um, I, you know, it's with my boys, I tell them, you know, if you're feeling a certain way, there's a reason for that. You don't ignore it. We don't tell you that it's bad, that you shouldn't feel that way you need to get to the bottom of it and see what you can do to change or to change the situation or whatever it is, because there's a reason for those negative emotions. You know, we're perfect. We are born perfect. We always will be perfect. And our emotions are perfect too. And there's a reason for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just telling ourselves something, giving ourselves a message that we need to mm -hmm. pay attention to something. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times it's, 
something that's, you know, traumatic, something that's happened to us that we really need to release. And I think that's a lot of the things that are built up within us, uh, these like, you know, limiting beliefs, people would say, uh, that really stems from experiences that we've had in our past where we didn't feel like enough, where our self-worth was kneecapped, you know, was undermined by some experience and that hurt us. And so ultimately like we create our own limitations in our subconscious mind as a result of those experiences, which is unfortunate and why it breaks my heart to see so many people in trauma right now, because all the stuff that people are the Kool-Aid that they're drinking right now about and, and the fear that they're uh, allowing themselves to be ruled by is limiting them uh, as they move forward. If you believe a certain thing about the world, then it is true for you in that subjective sense, right? It doesn't mean that you can overcome gravity because clearly there's an objective here. And people will say things like, well, there's evidence to all theories. No, there's not. There's not evidence to all theories. There are some theories that there are, there's no evidence for. There's no evidence that I can fly. Zero. You know, I challenge you to find me some evidence uh, to the contrary of, 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 of that. And, and you can't. Now, how I interact with the world, the way that I view myself and, and the way that I see myself within reality, there's evidence for however it is that I perceive myself to be, right? If I think that everyone's going to pick on me, that I'm a victim, that, uh, you know, the world is not going to take care of me, then it is true for me. And then I've got friends like, man, who like are somehow land on their feet. They're nimble as a cat over and over and over again. They have this belief about the world that they're just going to be fine. And they are, it's amazing how they just land on their feet ever so much. As soon as you, as soon as you turn the corner and say, well, I've got to get real, I've got to get serious about my life. Well, then the world is like, okay, cool. You got to get serious about your life. And so within the realm and the context of the objective reality, you know, that's, that's the reflection that we're going to see, but there's a very, a specific distinction between those things. And those lines are what are often blurred. And mm -hmm. that's kind of my, um, uh, I don't know, my sort of uh, irritation with a lot of people who are teaching stuff. Cause like a lot of people who are teaching stuff, they, I think they're well-intentioned. They just heard it from somebody else and they're trying to make YouTube content or a podcast or something. And they're just kind of just repeating what they've heard. And it's not that they've necessarily attempted it or experienced it. And I get it. You want to bring something to the world. You want to start your own thing, but you better be careful what you teach people. Cause when you start, you know, baby birding garbage into somebody's mouth. And I think you're responsible for that. You know, like Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, people. if you're not offering, if you're not offering something that's authentic, then what are you doing? If you're not offering something that comes from you, then you're not offering what it is that you could be, you know, and back to your point about victimization, you know, if you're feeling like a victim, um, you have uh, an obligation to yourself to remove yourself from that position, you know, that's what self-reliance is, is understanding that you have the power to change your circumstance and to actually take action and do that. Um, and I know that there's a lot of circumstances where it might seem impossible. Um, but again, the obligation to follow your own intuition, not your impulse, but your intuition to change your circumstance for the better because you deserve better, you're worth more. Um, 
you know, I mean, a lot of people are feeling victimized by the government right now. Well, what are you going to do about it? There's something that you personally can do about it. And I'm not talking about storming the Capitol. How far did that get those guys, you know? <laughs> but there's something that you can do personally to better your situation. And if you're not doing that, you're doing yourself a disservice and the rest of the world a disservice because you have something to contribute. I guarantee it. And if you're being victimized, that's not going to happen. Man, that is so good. Thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. And it's just laying it right down. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason my website's called Firm Hand Tarot. Like, <laughs> I don't have kid gloves, you know? Yeah. I can't yep. do it. I love no. you and, you, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I think, you know? Well, I appreciate that. It's so good for me to have somebody like you in my life who's not afraid to say what it, you know, say what it is without any hesitation and just call a spade a spade or a, uh, the hanged man, the hanged man or whatever mm -hmm. it so happens to be, you know, like, yep. <laughs> because I, you know, I, uh, I have the tendency to just, you know, sort of, uh, you know, be, I would say like over, over sensitive to people's uh, emotions and things like that. And I have done a lot of development in that. It's, it's part of really Tim and Noske, right. Knowing, knowing ourselves. And the more that I know myself, the more that I can um, improve and not put myself in similar situations where I, for instance, been taken advantage of in the past or, or been a victim myself, right? Like I, I certainly <laughs> haven't always uh, crushed every situation. I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures to get to, you know, the place where I'm ready to make more failures and mistakes. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Upside down. That's Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the main energy of the hanged man is surrender. Um, in the reverse, it's rejection, but interesting. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we all need that in our lives, right? Like we need somebody who, because they love us, not because they feel better than us or because they think they know better than us, but because they truly love us and want us to do the best that we can and have the best that we can. They're going to, they're willing to be honest with us. That is true love right there, you know? If you have people like that, listeners, watchers, people checking this out on YouTube, if you have those people in your life, they're there for a reason. And maybe maybe shoot them a text message and tell them you appreciate them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, we're gonna I'm gonna peep your website real quick and so people can Oh sweet. Look it. Um it looks like the hangman is 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 actually on the image of the banner image, or at least the bottom half of that card is, um, and re really simple, straightforward mm -hmm. and awesome. And, uh, you guys can go here if you would like to book a reading, I've heard nothing but amazing things and I need to book a reading myself. Um, <clears throat> tarot is something that I, I like, I've had a lot of pe different people offer things and services and whatnot for me. And I'm a little bit careful about who I'll let like read for me or, um, you know, whatever it is like do, whatever. I'm, I'm actually quite careful. Um, and I appreciate everyone's offer and it's no offense if I don't take them up on it. It's really not. It's just that when it comes to this stuff, I'm very specific about who I will work with. And I, I can't recommend Lindsay enough in any capacity for that matter. Um, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I've heard nothing but great things and Darby and uh, Tim even, who is like a very pragmatic and very logical, smart 
smart, smart, smart dude, um, who was just raving about uh, your working with you uh, in tarot. Wow. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you. I've heard nothing but but positive um, feedback. So that's awesome. Great. And I'm so glad to hear that, and really grateful that you're putting yourself out there. I think it's it's valuable and, and worthwhile. So I'm glad you're doing it. I just want to gas you up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the whole, the whole purpose is to, uh, not have to do hair anymore. <laughs> if I could replace hair income with tarot income, that's where it's at for me. I would rather give people, you know, because, um, I do personal development also. And I say I have 16 years of personal development with people sitting in my chair, getting their hair done. Cause let me tell you, People will tell their hairdressers crazy things and then look to you as if you have all the answers. Um, this tarot seems like a much more effective way to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And, and yeah, and um, yeah, and with, with less, uh, less cleanup too, you know, at least physically, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, emotionally, I don't know, but yeah, physically, yeah. for sure. That's awesome. Well, I'm really, really glad that you're doing that. And all the things that we've been working on together have been incredibly magical. Thank you so much. And Lindsay, for anybody who doesn't know, was absolutely instrumental in helping me put it, get put together the course uh, that we are about to wrap the first incarnation of. Um, and then I'm going to open it back up here pretty soon. Um, you, you're welcome to apply. I think I have a link for that as well in the bottom of the video. Um, it may be a week or two before I get back to you, but, um, you know, probably open it up again, you know, here in like two or three weeks or so. Um, and, uh, I'm really excited because it's going to be a continuously evolving thing while it will have the fundamental sort of eight modules that really focus on your purpose, what it is, how to find it and how to implement it. Uh, as well as many other tools like how to use crypto and, you know, uh, financial advice and access to the Skillshare, the time bank, the whole community uh, is included. Core method. Core method, absolutely. Releasing techniques and, and really understanding our own value and self-worth. All the things that can kind of get in the way of that, as well as access to an entire community of people who want to see you succeed and want to give you uh, any, any, uh, anything that they can to, 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 to prop you up and help you as you move forward. Um, you know, I think it's amazing. It's been super magical to be a part of. I think I've probably been the most affected, <laughs> the most like, uh, the, 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 the luckiest part of it. I get to actually go and witness a couple of my, uh, my people, uh, get married in a couple of weeks in Savannah. And, uh, I'm so excited about that. I couldn't be more honored to be a part of their, uh, their special day. Cause they really are meant for each other. Just incredibly precious human beings. And, uh, I'm just seeing so much, uh, so, so many positives, even with the dumpster fire that is going on physically. Um, it's just like when we choose that advantage, when we choose to seek, a way to connect to other people. You know, I've said this several times and it's so true. Like the last business that I had was, was very uh, profitable. It was a good business, but I wasn't ever working with people that I really shared values with and really like on a deep, deep level understood and, and cared so much for. Um, they would come into town, they would go to a wedding or a football game and pee on the sheets and dip out. And they were, they were gone and we were buying sheets, lots of sheets and making sure that all the mattress pads were 
protected. Um, and that was kind of the, the rigmarole and it was, it was good. Like it was a good business. I enjoyed doing it. We were successful and, uh, and it was, it was helpful to people. Um, but it wasn't like win, 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 like what we're, what I'm, what I'm able to be a part of with you. Um, and, uh, and I just want to see you continue to grow and flourish. And, uh, I really appreciate everything that you've done to be a part of everything that, you know, and, and everyone who is a part of the community who has contributed anything at all or taken anything, whatever, mm-hmm. um, just super grateful and thankful. And thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I just want to tell you how honored I am to get to work on um, that program with you. It's, um, it's been an amazing experience. All of the people that I've gotten to talk to, I mean, just from all different walks of life and different circumstances. And um, everyone is so um, supportive and enthusiastic. And um, it's, you know, I feel like um, everyone should have the opportunity to be a part of a group like that, you know, and, oh, and I did want to tell you one of the most valuable parts of the group to me is the mastermind um, encouragement that is given there. And I've actually decided to take that and integrate that into my app also, because I feel like everyone should have the opportunity to have a mastermind. It's a beautiful tool. It's a tool that everyone should get to use. Yeah. It's really, really helpful to come, to come together. I'm part of one myself. Um, and every single week, you know, someone is there and we're, the, we're there for them to help them through whatever it is that they're trying to, uh, to overcome or implement or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're on the hot seat, you know, and I don't know, maybe we change that, but someone is the focus each time. And then everyone kind of gets their opportunity to, to, to be that person who exposes their, uh, their situation and asks for help. And then you've got brilliant people all around, you know, contributing ideas, to them. And so coaching is a little bit different than say a mastermind, because in coaching, it's really about challenging you to find the answer to your own question. Whereas in a mastermind, it's like open to everybody's pitching ideas and brainstorming and that type of thing. Um, I want to encourage everybody to you know, check out the Facebook group, check out the MeWe group. I've posted a calendar in each one of those. Those are completely open and free and to the public. And the calendar is as well. There's a calendar that is the hashtag get coached events calendar. And that's really for people who just want to come and hang. It's totally open. Uh, we're doing a brainstorming session on Sunday night. I'll be on clubhouse tomorrow morning. Uh, and all that stuff can be found there. And you can just put that right into your iCal or Google calendar and it will uh, let you know when we're doing stuff. And so I'm going to continuously add events to that that are completely open to the public and, um, and I'm open to, co- you know, uh, comments, criticism, ideas, what have you. Um, and especially on the brainstorming session, that's a perfect time. Anybody can come and just like, Hey, I'm working on, it's kind of like a, a mastermind in a way. Um, and, and I want to use that as feedback too. Like, what can I do better? What can I offer? what videos do you want to see me make? You know, should I stand on my head and say my ABCs backwards while gargling? Uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. think any of us need you to do that. <laughs> Thank you. I think you're going to be okay. I appreciate that. I wish I could have kept that stream going and, uh, but I got to work on, I got to work on that. I haven't really been doing much comedy as of late, but I'm looking to get more into that too in the next uh, couple of weeks. But I just want to open that up to everybody and just say, thank you. Thanks everybody who, 
uh, is watching this podcast, please go check Lindsay's work out better than dot world under construction. We'll have that thing looking ship shape here soon. And then uh, uh, firm hand tarot dot cards. Um, and I believe those links are in the show notes. She has a podcast better than uh, colon podcasts and you can find that on spotify and itunes and all over the place so thank you everybody so very much for being a part of this very first live podcast stream i think it went rather well and uh thank you Lindsay, so much for being uh the first person on the live podcast stream that was amazing and always great to talk to you whether we're doing it publicly or just over the phone so thank you so much <laughs> Yes, I am so glad to be here and I'll come back anytime you want. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Well, it's my pleasure to have you.